10 camera settings for beginners. Let's keep things nice and simple. Hi and welcome to episode 104 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. Now I've said that with my eyes closed and I missed the ish of 10 minutes ish so episode 104 and I've tried to... (laughs) tried to ad-lib it and got it wrong. But before I go on, I need your help. I need your questions to answer. I mean, this is why my podcast exists. So please get in touch with your questions and you'll get a shout out from me in a future episode. Just head over to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Okay, thank you. And I really look forward to hearing from you. I really do look forward to hearing from you. It'd be so good if you could uh, get some questions to me. Here is the answer a bit. Here are 10 camera settings for beginners that will get you going taking photos. Here are 10 camera settings for beginners that will get you going taking photos. Sounded better second time, didn't it? 1. Picture taking mode. Program. 2. Autofocus. On. 3. File format. RAW and JPEG using the highest quality for each. 4. ISO 100 slash 200. Basically as low as you can get away with. 5. Metering mode. Evaluative. 6. Focus mode. AI Focus AF. 7. Drive mode. Single shot. 7. White balance. Auto. 8. Picture style. Standard. 9. Image stabilization. On for handheld. Off if you're using a tripod. 10. The other settings that vary depending on what you're focusing on. What you're focusing on. What you're photographing. 10. And some other settings that vary depending on what you are photographing. Honestly, I've checked this script and there's still stuff in it. And those are aperture and shutter, by the way. Okay, then, that's my answer. Now let me explain. And remember, these are 10 camera settings for beginners. I've come up with this little lot to help beginners get out and take photos. I know that there are lots more camera settings, some of which I've covered in previous episodes and some that I have not. But sometimes we just need some help to get going, don't we? I know I do, and that's most days. Okay then, one by one, quickly, let's do this. And apologies if all my examples are Canon based, but I've been using Canon since I was a teenager, which I can assure you is a long, long old time ago. A long time ago. I can't even remember being a teenager. To remember. I can because of my cameras. That's um, There you go, that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Okay, pitch taking mode, program. Well, program is smarter than full automatic modes, whatever they might be called. Program mode lets you choose some settings for yourself, which full auto does not. Program mode works out the correct aperture and shutter to give you the right exposure. And on some cameras, program mode takes into account the focal length that you're using. And it makes sure that the shutter speed is fast enough to get a sharp photo. Some program modes will also adjust the ISO if the shutter speed is too slow to give you a fast enough shutter speed. Pretty clever stuff, isn't it? Program mode is an intelligent automatic mode, which I prefer to think of as semi-automatic, to be honest with you, although people will disagree with that. Okay, autofocus on. Well, why would you turn autofocus off? I can't remember when I last focused manually to take a photo. It's probably the mid-80s, to be honest. Yes, I was a teenager then. So now I trust the tech to get my photos sharp. I mean, the clever bit I do is point the camera at something. And if you've never tried it, I recommend you try manual focus because, well, I wouldn't put my mortgage on it, but I'd put an amount of money on the fact that if you tried auto, if you tried manual focus, sorry, you'd soon go back to autofocus because why wouldn't we? Number three, file format, RAW and JPEG and the highest quality for each. 
Now, when I started off in digital photography, I started taking photos in JPEG. I didn't know what RAW was. I didn't know what to do with a RAW photo. And to be honest with you, I, I regret this. So if you're new to this stuff, you can take both. And when you've learned more, if you want to, you can move over from or progress from JPEG over to RAW because you'll have taken both anyway. But if you don't take both, you won't be able to do that. So it's up to you. JPEG gets you started. It's a bit quicker and you might move on to RAW, but you don't have to. But I shoot all my photos in RAW without exception, on a camera that is. Now I have to say RAW photos involve more understanding and work than JPEGs, but get both and you're covered both ways. And also select the highest quality that you can manage for each. Now you have to bear in mind that the higher the quality of an image, the larger the file size, and also the fact that RAW files are much larger than JPEG files, okay? So anyway, that's what I'd say, do both, keep them next to each other, and you come on to them when you're ready to. Number four, ISO 100 slash 200, basically as low as you can go. Now, if you go on the internet, you'll see lots of people saying that the best ISO is 800, 1600 and what have you, but I'm not buying that. I don't agree. I use ISO 100 all the time. I only choose a higher ISO if I need a faster shutter speed when shooting handheld. The higher the ISO, the higher the chance of noise and other bad stuff in your photos. But check your camera manual and also check a few other reliable sources. And I mean, reliable sources, as a modern camera, I'm sure you're fine up to ISO 800, maybe ISO 1600, maybe higher. I don't know. But I'm taking photos predominantly on a tripod, so shutter speed isn't important. So I use ISO 100 to get the highest quality that I can. Now, that's a fact. And if you don't agree, well, you just not agreeing with me but trust me this is correct metering mode evaluative now evaluative metering is the default metering mode on canon cameras i mean this is my go-to metering mode and it works for me for my architectural construction real estate landscape travel photography everything really and i rarely change from this mode which is an excellent all-rounder like i said and i like to make a point here a lot of the basic default settings on cameras are all we need you don't have to get everything funky and different unless you want to that is there's nothing clever about having lots of complicated settings because all that's going to do is confuse you and the most important thing about photography is what you point your camera at not your camera settings i mean you sure you have to get things correctly done don't you but you get the point focus modes ai focus af now there's two different focus modes on canon cameras again apologies that it's only about canon cameras but that's what i know single shot and continuous so why use ai focus af i mean it sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, this mode is the one that chooses which of the two modes is best. It does the work for you, which I think is nice. So give it a go. See how you get on. Seven, drive mode, single shot. Now, it's much better taking photos one at a time. Press the shutter release gently once. Boom, one photo taken. I recommend this to beginners rather than the much too often spray and pray that, well, I did it back in the day. Because um, when you first get a digital camera and you realize you can take unlimited photos at no additional cost, it's so tempting just to take loads of photos which is what i didn't you know what i got endless amounts of rubbish endless amounts so yeah put it on single mode take your time think about the photo that you're taking seven white balance auto 
Yes, auto. Well, why? Well, you're shooting in RAW, aren't you now, as well as JPEG. And if you need to change the white balance, you'll be able to do it after the event when you're processing those lovely RAW images. Well, I do that in Lightroom. So certainly in Lightroom, you can take the white balance tool in Lightroom and you pick any of the presets that you could have picked when you were taking the photo. It's just a brilliant thing to be able to do. Cameras these days, I have to say, are pretty good at getting the white balance. Not far off, so... um. Auto's fine. I use it on all my work. Don't tell anybody. That's our secret, okay? Right, picture style. Standard. Well, picture styles can be used to get different combinations of colour, tones, brightness and contours. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I don't know what they mean by contours. That's from my Canon manual. But does it matter? Not really. So, start with standard, but be aware of the others, which are, for the Canon 6D, sorry, auto, portrait, landscape, neutral, faithful, monochrome and user-defined. Now, if you use standard, you'll gain consistency. And if you use auto, the camera will be changing who knows what, when, whenever. And it might get confusing. Your photos might look a bit different and you might not know why. So um, I say start off with standard. I mean, I've never gone from standard, to be honest with you, because I prefer to make the adjustments in Lightroom myself looking at a big monitor. Number nine, image stabilisation. Sorry, that was... Yeah, I've had two number sevens, haven't I? (laughs) Does that mean I've done 11? Oh, dear. Let's just go back a bit. (laughs) So one's picture-taking mode. Two is autofocus. Three is file format. Four is ISO. Five is metering mode. Six is focus mode. Seven is drive mode. Seven is white balance. Eight is picture style. Nine is image stabilisation. And ten is everything else. So, yeah, this should have been called 11. Number nine, image... Anyway, should we crack on? Yeah. Number nine, image stabilisation. On for handheld, off one on a tripod. There are some exceptions to that, but check your manual. I know it's an odd one. Image stabilisation helps you get sharp photos. So, for handheld photography, turn it on, if you're lucky enough to have it, that is. I mean, what does it actually mean? Well, it means this you can use a slower shutter speed with image stabilization and still get the same sharp photo so on my canon six <laughs> so on my canon 70 to 200 millimeter f4 lis lens for example i get a wonderful four stops of image stabilization this means that i can change the shutter speed from 1 250th of a second to wait for it 1 15th of a second and get an equally sharp photo which is um I still find that quite astounding. But you put your camera on a tripod and you have to turn the image stabilisation off because it's doing lots of stuff with the motors and stuff and it confuses things. But check the instructions that come with your camera if it's in-body image stabilisation or the lens if it's in-lens image stabilisation. If you got both, who knows? So number 10, some other settings, or 11, should it be? And some other settings that vary depending on what you're photographing, which are aperture. You pick a large aperture, small number, to get a shallow depth of field. Pick a small aperture, large number, to get a larger depth of field. Depth of field simply means the amount of a photo from front to back that is sharp. Pick a large aperture, small number, to get more light through to the camera sensor. Or pick a small aperture to get more light, a small aperture being a larger number. It's not exactly intuitive, is it? Shutter speed. Use a shutter speed fast enough to capture the subject, or blur it if you want to, but choose a shutter speed fast enough so any movement of you, the photographer, in the process of taking the photo does not give you a blurry photo. Change the shutter speed and you can change the amount of light that gets through to the camera sensor. A faster shutter speed is less time with the shutter open and the sensor exposed to light, so less light. And a longer shutter speed means more light. That makes sense, doesn't it? What do I do? Well, I'll tell you the camera settings that I use in the next episode. I'm just going to give you them in one big hit. The talky bit, bit shorter this week because I've gone on a bit, haven't I? 
So whilst a lot of these settings are auto-ish types of settings, I'd rather you went out and practice taking photos, look at what you got, and over time, learn all the settings in your camera yourself. This episode is, after all, all about 10 settings for beginners, 10 settings that will help you get out quickly taking decent photos. And that's without having to worry too much about all those other camera settings, which can seem a bit overwhelming and bewildering. So give these 10 camera settings a go and see what you get. This is the best way to learn, trust me. As I like to say, the number one way for you and me to improve our photography is to go out more and take photos. Now, when I wrote that, I said the number one way for you and I to improve our photography, but Word always corrects it to you and me, which doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't sound as good. So, yep, of course you have to get things right, but you also have to start by getting some basic camera settings sorted and taking photos. There's plenty of time to learn all that other complicated stuff. And if you're like me, once you've learned all that other complicated stuff, you'll be in a much better position to to be able to simplify everything, which is exactly what I've... I've and if you're like me, once you've learned all that other complicated stuff, you'll be in a much better position to be able to simplify everything, which is exactly what I have ended up doing, simplifying things like speaking in English, which I need to work on more clearly. But you need to learn this stuff before you get to that point. That's the important bit. So big takeaway. Well, the big takeaway is this. Get your camera set up with the basic settings and go out and take photos. Start now. Get perfect later. I'm still working on the perfect bit, by the way. Okay, so related episodes. Well, there's quite a few. Episode 100. Why are there so many camera settings? I'm confused. Help me. This is what started this sequence of episodes off. And having said the title one more time, I hate it even more than the last time. And then there's episode 101, which I try to call Photography 101. I don't know if that sounds any better, probably not. Uh, Episode 101, Camera Settings 1, Things That You Can Set and Forget, which was quickly followed by Camera Settings 2, Things You Might Change When Out Taking Photos. And to finish off, Camera Settings 3, The Things That You Set For Each Photo You Take. Okay, so next episode, like I said, Photography Explained podcast, episode 105. Do you want to know what the camera settings are that I use? I hope you do. Having gone through all this lot, I'll tell you what I do all together in one episode. Shout out. Well, the shout out yet again is for me and my new course. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses. Yes, the art of self-promotion is alive and well on my podcast. Okay, I'm done. Thank you very much for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast. To find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me, check out photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Brought to you by, well, this episode was also brought to you by a lovely cup of tea from Yorkshire. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to me and for giving me 10-ish minutes of your valuable time. And I will see you on the next episode. Cheers from me. Rick, my brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.